0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast.
1: And I'm Pete Wright. And wait, the tour
0: was canceled. Canceled? <laughs> Today, we are talking about Minute 75, which begins with a meeting of the two Steves. And ends with Peggy asking Steve if he can try some new equipment from Howard in the morning. Back on the show, sadly for the last time, we have Jonathan and Tabitha Carlisle, the team behind the Princess Bride Minute. Hello again, you two. Hello. Hello. Before we dig into the minute, one of the things we like to ask our guests is favorite Captain America moments. What would you two say uh, from the movies or the comics or wherever are your favorite uh, one or two Captain America moments? (laughs)
1: <laughs> or internet fan fiction. I mean, any Captain
0: America moment
1: <laughs> is fair game. Oh, oh boy, uh, yeah. Chad's pointing at me because he doesn't
2: want to go first, so I got a vamp bit. Uh, I mean, it's I. I think it, I want to disqualify it because it's an obvious one. But Captain America picking up the hammer, okay. Uh, but so I, you know, that doesn't seem very personal because that seems, in my mind, that that should be everybody's favorite. So I'd like to pick something else. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't think too hard about this movie i'm i I have a hard time having favorites on anything, and so I don't think I've not thought about this movie one minute at a time before, and so there's a lot of things I just gloss over and for some reason, I just really like this whole movie and um. <laughs> so i was gonna say this whole movie but i really like in
1: your favorite captain america moment is
3: captain america is the captain movie Captain america the first avenger <laughs> but i do like that i do like when he goes language in the avengers that cracks me yes. up every time
2: That's i do like moment. i guess it's, it seems like a weird moment and but i do like in uh all the subtitles suddenly ran out of my head, but the winter soldier, I think is anyway. So Mm -hmm. towards the beginning when they're getting ready to do the drop on the boat and as him and uh, black widow are bantering, I just like the whole thing about the barbershop quartet and they're dead. And he just, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually just jumps out of the plane. Like no big deal. Like, like, I don't know. It just, (laughs) the whole man out of time stuff, but also his casualness of doing crazy risky things. And I don't know. I guess I I just I'll I'll say that's my answer is that scene, oh him punching the bag, that was that's a good one I like that scene
1: oh yeah okay so when, he's, when he's working yeah. off some steam yeah yeah
2: no that's that that's that just hit my yep that's my favorite
3: when Jonathan said the man out of time I think that's one thing I I like about him is I just kind of like his just that old school values you know. I, you know it just like he has like this politeness about him and just that america i don't know this is making me sound i don't know how that's making me sound but (laughs) this isn't a (laughs) make america great again speech this is just like i just like his his just simple values and honoring and i don't know i just like captain america I don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> all of Captain America? All of it.
0: I just like him. Well, no. I mean, he's he's a character who's easy to like because of those reasons. Like I think that he brings that that kind of simplicity to it. But and then also, you know, those out of time moments and, and you know all those moments where he's jumping out of planes so casually. I mean, essentially it's, it's like he, he keeps just doing these humble brags. It's just like I can just do this. I don't even have to think about it. It's funny. He's a, he's a, he's a fun character.
2: Like, okay. So that's, that's not our minute, but like him jumping out of a plane, lots of stuff happens off screen. I get that. But like, like, uh, yeah. When did, when did he know that he could do that? Like, yeah, did he, right? did he, keep, <laughs> yeah. I imagine he parachuted one time and his parachute failed and he just did what he had to do. And he's like, oh, I guess I don't need a parachute, you know?
3: Yeah. At least right. for going over water. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many questions. So many questions i
1: I thought so since you're talking about favorite moments, I didn't realize that I had a favorite Captain America moment that was actually in this minute. oh, oh my, we've been talking about this minute around and about this minute since we were talking about I could do this all day, and uh i I'm pretty sure andy you you dropped the hint that we would be coming back to this actor at at second five. In this minute, we get to see the barman with Captain America, and the barman is played by Leander Dini, small Steve. And there is something like my cup runneth over with joy to see these two bodies unadorned with CG on screen at the same time it i just love it i love it so much this little nod to actually get leander dini to say something i don't know what does he say where are you putting all these this all those or something like that yeah, like, where are they it's putting just, all this where are they putting all this it's just adorable and uh i i love
0: it i love it so much which is what it little cheeks <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Look at the little guy. He talks to <laughs> <His> little
1: guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is terrible.
1: It's such a neat, like, cinematic echo uh, because of all of the amazing technological hoops they jump through to make this character work in the first, you know, act of the movie. That um, That I just, I think it's worth noting how cool it is to see them on screen at the same time for me.
3: Definitely, because I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to see him. I mean, it's not the first time it's been done. I mean, we just, we had it a couple years before in Social Network. Um, you know, we get the other... Uh, the body double for the the Winklevi, uh, you know, comes to the door of a party or something. So I do like Andy, though, that. The directors the body give
1: them- double of Army Hammer was a giant of an oak of a man. <laughs> I'm just it, saying there is nothing cool about that because he was already awesome. This is this is so cool because they manufactured
0: a human out of these two humans. Yeah, and
1: there is part of it right there
0: all right all right it's fun it it, it is nice i do like that leander does get to actually have a moment in the film uh i think that's fantastic
1: he looks so normal too right like he doesn't look like a diminutive man here he looks like a normal size person to me it's just that chris evans looks giant
0: (laughs) well i think that's what it is like when you when you kind of blend the two it almost ends up making it seem even smaller
1: yeah, even smaller. I think that's it because Leander Dini does not seem like a does not seem like little Steve.
0: No, he definitely does not. Definitely does not. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what's interesting in this scene? This is something that we've had a number of times, and I just I've never seen it in a script until this film, where they script alternate lines. And here they have three different line options for the bartender. They are, and we're. I, w- I want you all to vote on what is your favorite choice of his lines. In response to Steve when he asks for more. Uh, His line options. Number one, you drink all these yourself. Number two, where are they putting all this? Number three, it is possible to run out, you know. Mm. So those are your three options. Tabitha, which one would you pick?
3: I think I would stick with the one one that he said.
0: Where are they putting all this? Where are
3: they putting all this? Yeah.
0: Okay. Jonathan, how about you? I agree because at least in the scene that we're looking
2: at, it looks like their table's right next to the bar. So why would he not know who's (laughs) drinking it? Exactly. (laughs) And also as a, I don't know that he owns this bar, but still as a business, you don't really want to let people know like you don't have the stock, you know, like, hey, everybody, we're running out, you know. Yeah. Even if it's a joke. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think it's
3: I think they made the right choice. Plus I I I'm, like that
0: you're bringing I, so much logic to it. Yeah,
3: plus I I feel, I feel like I've
0: actually heard people
2: say that before like, you know, where are you putting all this, you know? Like that's the thing that people say. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I
1: I regret that you just put that much thought into it because I immediately went for line number three. And now I realize that's a terrible one. I just <laughs> like that it makes the bartender kind of an ass. I think it's really fun. <laughs> that, well, because the, the natural you, answer is yeah. to be
2: like, well, I'm Captain America. And so, yes, yeah, I right? could drink all of these myself yes. and it wouldn't be a problem. So. <laughs> I could drink itchy. these
0: all day. Yeah. Like, uh, so,
1: yeah, that's awesome.
0: Uh, all right pub songs i want to talk about this because we do get the switch over to pub songs and they're going to be playing now there is a tavern in this town Uh, we get an interesting shift here where we actually cut to the pianist busy at the keys and uh like so many pub songs the lyrics of this song really tell a very depressing tale like Mm -hmm. it is about a woman who is mourning the loss of her love who who basically is now hanging out in this tavern with this other woman that he's with, and uh, she's just going to die of love. And uh, that's kind of it, where she has to say goodbye to this person that she's pining for. Very kind of depressing, which feels like there are so many songs like this. I always go to, you know, the kids' song, uh, Ring Around the Rosie, and you hear the lyrics, and you're like, oh, wow, that's about the Black plague or whatever. It's like dark, (laughs) dark, dark. Um, Are there... Any modern versions of like pub songs, like things that people sing around in pubs? Can you guys think of anything? Billy Joel. <laughs> well, but I mean, yeah, uh, I Elton mean, John, I mean, I guess you like, you can sing songs in a pub, but I mean, is yeah, and, and maybe that's just like this was just a song of the time and now people are singing it. And that really is yeah. just what turns a song into a pub song.
1: I think that's the I, that's my take on it. So, yeah, what, so what
0: Billy Joel and, and Elton John songs are you singing with the whole bar? Okay, a, a piano man. Party I was just
1: going to say piano. Okay, man. okay. I was say party in the yeah. USA or something man. like that. Party oh. Yeah, the party USA. in the USA.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh,
1: Miley Cyrus, Kelly Clarkson, and then Elton John and Billy Joel. Right. Candle in the wind. You're going to sing
3: it. Oh. Head and, to- head yeah, and shoulders, knees and of- toes. Yeah. Does it? You know this <laughs> tune.
0: It's right. It totally does. that's what exactly i was thinking i'm like why are they singing this and then i was like oh it's an actual song i didn't even think about it till later like
3: i looked up the song i was like what song are they singing and like looked into trying to find what song it was and then later i was like getting around for bed and i'm like why am i humming head and shoulders knees and toes and i'm like oh (laughs) man that totally fits
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is that's awesome that is so funny but
2: there is also uh there's a few different uh like hymns or you know like I don't know that Amazing Grace was one of them, but there is there's like a hymn, you know, a church song that shares a tune with a, a old pub song. So that was like a, a thing back in the day. Like, oh, you can't you can't sing a pub song in church. Like, well, we changed the lyrics, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting. I, I feel like that probably happened a lot where they just liked the melody and maybe they were just like thinking about, well, what could we sing instead of, you know? We How all know we the tune add to this.
1: Booze but, yeah. and
0: death to this <laughs> hymn. <laughs> 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 oh, it's very funny. I, but I like the tone it sets. It feels very, uh, you know, uh, kind of everybody's drinking, having a good time sort of vibe that we have going on here.
3: Yeah. I like those kind of a call and response songs, you know, where you're singing it and then everybody goes in together and stuff. It is yeah. a com- camaraderie is happening and it's good. Mm hmm.
0: Sweet Caroline. There's one. I think that would be. Yes. That's oh, one yeah. To do that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All that's right. okay. That's a good one.
0: Sweet Home Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So you just have to have sweet in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sweet dreams are made of this. I don't know yeah. if that's really a pub song. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a depressing pub. <laughs> so- <laughs> Lighting's okay, really so- low. Yes, right. (laughs) So we're now shifting over. Uh, Steve is uh, going to join Bucky in the other room. And this is essentially, I I mean, the Howling Commandos, they all were very easy to jump in and be recruited. And I do think it's funny that, you know, Dum Dum's comment at the beginning of this minute is, oh, that was easy. But really, it's like, yeah, but Steve just got you to sign on to go fight and potentially die. So, you know, (laughs) sure, I'll open a tab for you. Uh, But this is really his chance now to recruit Bucky. Uh, Let's talk about this conversation uh, with Bucky and and how it plays, uh, the conversation between the two of them. What do you what do you all think of this?
1: I think that we actually have Steve saying Captain America with air quotes around it, Andy. Even Steve believes his captainhood is
0: honorary. He's not putting quotes just around Captain. He's putting it around Captain America. Yeah. There's a difference yeah. in air quotes. Because he's quotage. still,
1: to him, he's still just Steve. He's not, a, he's not the honorary Captain America. He's just
0: Steve. <laughs> Even Steve thinks he's just Steve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Honorary. Well, okay, what, uh, Tabitha, Jonathan, what do you two think of their conversation?
2: Well, it is a culmination, I guess, of what we've kind of talked about all week. Uh, Bucky's reaction to Captain America. What he's saying in this scene makes sense to his attitude, but his, I don't know. I still don't know where he, where he lies. If he's just weirded out by Big Steve or he just, he's just like, there's propaganda that he's not buying into, but I don't know how much that's made it to those soldiers. I don't know he seems he seems to really have something about it that that's like why why are you so uncomfortable with this
1: i wonder jonathan too to that point like it feels like one of the things that we're that that w- w- the movie struggles with in its treatment of bucky is that the most interesting stuff that happens to this character happens after world war 2 right like it happens like the the stuff we you know those who know about bucky and what he goes through Toward the winter soldier, like that's the most interesting stuff. And so how they present Bucky in a way that is compelling seems a little bit machined in this in in this movie, like how he's handling his being imprisoned and how he's handling his effort to join the club but not really feel like he's joining the club. And how do you how do you present that on screen in a way that makes it interesting, that still makes him feel you know, seem strong and sets us up for the damage that's gonna be done to him. I don't know. It just occurs to me for the first time right now.
0: Well, I mean, it's an interesting point. I mean, why couldn't Bucky have been sitting with the group, you know, And, and they kind of could have had this conversation with the group sitting around? Are they designing this specifically because these two have a bigger history? And so they wanted to kind of have this private moment between friends but, you know, it, I, don't, I, I don't know if it needed to be like, there's nothing about the scene that stands out as like, well, we needed to keep this, you know, away from the rest of the group. Let's just let's isolate these two. Um, and it, what what it weirdly does, I mean, Steve was sitting down talking to the guys. I mean, obviously, Bucky knew he had already talked to Bucky because when he comes in, Bucky's like, see, told you they're all idiots. So it's like Bucky knew what Steve was going to do. Um, and so to that end, I don't know, I, I guess you could read it as either Bucky is kind of um, a loner, he's he's feeling separated from the group and kind of isolated, maybe because he is still going through some sort of PTSD that he had suffered from the hands of Zola. Who knows? Or because maybe there's a sense of this friendship, and he's really kind of like in this scene. Pete, you were bringing up the guy in the chair when we were talking about Peggy in the last minute, but this could be like Bucky kind of the guy in the chair. He had kind of briefed Steve on how to talk to these guys. We've seen the results of that conversation, and now Steve is returning to to headquarters, essentially, to chat with Bucky, the man in the chair, about what he just accomplished.
1: That is another potential place of conflict about the role that Bucky serves for Steve, because I think you have a great point. Like he makes a natural man in the chair, but also he has an arc we have to set him up for. Right. And, and that there is this like, um, out, you know, extra cinematic awareness that we know that at this point he'd signed on for nine movies. And so somewhere something had to happen to him. So he can't really be the man in the chair. I, I almost think that that all of this is might be overthinking just this, you know, 15 seconds, because really what it's here for is to get us set up for the entrance of Peggy.
0: Yeah. And before we get to Peggy, I mean, Jonathan, Tabitha, I mean, how does how does the Steve Bucky relationship work for the two of you in this film? And then, you know, how does how do you like the evolution of Bucky? I think it works in my head, like my movie
2: watching brain doesn't really have a problem with it, but when I do watch these scenes, I Bucky just seems off. Um, I mean, if it is like PTSD, that's great, but we don't really, this movie doesn't really explore the seriousness of that kind of stuff, so it seems no, yeah. like that's not really what it is or, you know, we're um, really just watching the movie, it doesn't, it shows Steve getting him off of a table, and you can kind of infer things from that, but it doesn't really say what happened to him or what didn't happen to him. It's like, I just always feel like I don't really know what he's going through or why he seems to be acting differently than other people. But their relationship makes sense. Like, I get what they're saying. Um, I think if I were to change anything, it might just I don't know what words I would use. But but just like Bucky, Bucky's side of the relationship was that he was always there for Steve, always saving Steve. Maybe it'd be kind of neat that that what happens to Bucky later was from him saving Captain America one more time, you know, and like and Steve wrestling with like, no, I'm supposed to save you now. And he's, you know, something like that. And I don't know. It's, it might be interesting because it just seems like he's so down on the whole Captain America thing in a weird way. I get the connection that he's saying I'm, I'm here for the little guy, you know, like the guy inside the guy, the real guy, you know, not the not the big guy, whatever you are now. But but still, he just seems weird. And I don't know why he seems weird. Tabitha, anything on that?
3: I hadn't really thought about it too much before our conversation here as far as him acting odd. But I guess I did always notice Bucky adding, you know, acting a little bit more odd. And I guess in some ways, you know, we're supposed to infer that maybe they had this deep, long friendship. But some of that you don't really know until further movies as far as how far back it goes or how long they were friends or how long Bucky was, you know, saving them from fights and stuff. I don't know if it's ever said that they may have known each other for more than a year or anything, you know, when we come up to this movie. So in some ways, I don't know, Bucky does seem to have kind of this weird jealousy thing that does does play odd. But when it comes down to this scene, I mean, he does seem to have loyalty to his friend. He doesn't really seem to be excited about jumping back into the frying pan as much as the other guys are, but his loyalty to his friend, you know, he's willing to follow him.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's the, the key here is that, I mean, yeah, there, there might be some weirdness as far as the way they're portraying the characters and the relationship uh, with him and Captain America. But I do like that, you know, at the very least what they're doing is kind of Reminding us there is this established friendship here, whether it's a year or, or, you know, since they were little kids, whatever it is, there is this history between them and he is here for him. And so to that end, I I like that, you know, he does maintain that connection there. But, yeah, I mean, to to kind of the point of this conversation, it always feels like they're trying to do something else, like in this in these scenes with, with Bucky post-rescue, and I never feel like it quite is clicking into anything. So it always seems a little off for me. Uh, all right. Well, and now, Pete, you brought, you brought Peggy up. Here she comes, uh, stopping everybody in the bar. We get an odd little uh, point of view shot as she's walking in, and, and the Howling Commandos and the rest of the bar kind of stops their singing as they look at her. And she walks in. We cut to the shot, and we see her coming in with this uh, wonderful wonderful red dress. Um, how does this play for all of you? I love the point of view shot. It's like jaws. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you're the shark swimming through the water. It's she's she's the shark swimming through the thing. And it's it's good perspective because you know we like when you look at the the minute is pretty isolated, but it, there is a she causes a commotion when she walks in and it it's enough of a commotion to cause Uh, Bucky and Steve to like lean out and see the rest what's going on in the rest of the restaurant and uh, um, and and I think it's I think it's great
3: it is great well she looks beautiful but um, I also think that she wore that red dress just to go there and tell Steve that Stark needs him tomorrow like I think that she she totally just dressed up to go tell him because everybody else still in their uniform and she could be just there in her uniform so I think she was like oh I got to go tell Steve something I'm going to yeah, get
0: looking good. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Jonathan, uh, what's your read on it? Yeah, I,
2: I don't know. I think it does everything it's supposed to do. Like she's obviously trying to catch his eye. If that's not obvious, then that's what I think, I guess. Is she's trying to catch his eye and, and at the same time she only has eyes for Steve, you know. She walks in, and she doesn't talk to any I mean, in the point of view that we're getting, like she's not paying attention to anybody else. She goes right to wherever he is. Somehow she knows where he is or something. But he just, she talks to him and to him only, and and but she looks like she's ready to like do something, you know, go out on the go out on the town. But that's that's not what she's doing.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess that's my question because you have to imagine this is the town. Well, yeah, this is where everybody goes. (laughs) Yeah, well, it it, it is an interesting moment because I mean, it's she looks gorgeous in the dress. I mean, it's a fantastic just look for her. Uh, But it does make me wonder, like, is she plan, is she hoping, I guess I'll say, on coming here, giving this message uh, from Howard to Steve about meeting in the morning, and then kind of hoping that something else would happen? Or is she very specifically knowing, walking into this, I'm going to just put this dress on to just, you know, fool with him a little bit more or to show how much I like him, whatever it is, to come down here, give him this message, and leave with no intention of staying just to show this to him, just so he can see me in this light.
1: Right, right. That's, I mean, that's exactly it. And I think you look at second 54, right? This is a second where we have Bucky looking at her kind of lasciviously, like looking her up and down. Cap is looking right at her eyes. And we have the actual promotional Cap poster right behind them. So we have all of this going on in the frame that symbolizes enormous change, right? Captain America is no longer the promotional captain. It literally says tour canceled on it. Like that changes his entire identity and she's showing up in the identity not of a soldier, not of a representative from the, the SSR or the Brits, but as a woman. And that is a massive change in their rela- relationship. And I, I mean, you talk about what her what her mission is in this room right now it is to change to pivot his eyes to her not as a partner or a soldier or a peer or a commander but as as a woman that's how i'm reading this that she she is seeing him as a man he is seeing her as a woman and they and she is manipulating that in in this way right
3: now maybe she just was hoping that he would ask her to dance and he's just yeah still not well, every, up to Everybody
2: him. shut up when she came in, so there's no music.
3: She should just ask <laughs> him to dance. She needs to just ask him to dance.
0: Yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to find out if they dance or not until tomorrow's minute. So we're going to have to wait. Or no, sorry, next week. We'll have to wait till next week to talk about minute 76 and find out if they will dance or not. What, what is her line when she comes in? She says, um, Howard has some equipment for you to try tomorrow morning? I mean, if you want to analyze it by the minute, like, that could be kind of a suggestive
1: line a little bit. She's walking in.
3: I guess. <laughs>
1: like,
0: Captain, would you like to try
1: some equipment? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like if it was a suggestive line, it would be like, excuse me, Captain, I have some equipment for you to try. Right. right tomorrow morning. <laughs> I think so too. I'm making like,
1: making it Howard's equipment? it <laughs> a little <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, but everybody's paying attention now, so. sure. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> Uh, it's a great look i love that she does this i i do feel like there has to be some hope for her that it's not going to end here and her walking out by herself immediately after (laughs) delivering the message i'd like to think that she's hoping maybe we'll get a dance in we'll see but yeah we won't find out until next time
1: I don't actually think so. I don't actually think so. I think she's. I think she's like. I'm planting. I'm planting seeds right now.
0: Yeah, it's a bold move to say. It I'm is, just going to dress like, up like this just to deliver a message. Yeah, this is Peggy Carter. That's that's power what moves. Private Lorraine would do. I'm just going to say. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, Private Lorraine no, would push Private him Rain. up against the bar. That's what Private Lorraine would would on behalf of all women. Would push him up against the bar and get busy. This that's not that's not Peggy Carter's power move. Right. <laughs> she is she's planting seeds here. Yeah, and right. she does
3: have the attention of even uh you'll see even uh soldiers who are with a date yeah. are like, you know, looking and and uh yeah, I feel bad for their all men.
2: heads turned. Yeah. <laughs> well that's that's because they didn't know that color was allowed in the bar. And she walks in and oh. like, what? We could have all worn color? <laughs> we didn't have to wear sepia? <laughs> Can everybody
0: see
1: that color? Like, I thought time I just saw everything in green and
0: yellow. <laughs> all right. Uh, any last thoughts about anything from this moment or anything throughout the week that uh, you wanted to talk about? Oh, boy. I it's been like a busy we, week. I feel like we talked about it. Busy week.
3: Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, uh, Jonathan, Tabitha, thank you so much for joining us here on Marvel Movie
3: Minute to talk about this movie all week. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. You guys are wonderful hosts. And so it was great to talk about one of my favorite Marvel movies with you. And I, and I, if I can just say it quick, quick, I was thinking, I think why this one is my favorite is I didn't grow up watching a lot of superhero movies until, so really until... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies came out before I ever really started watching them. So this was, I think, the first one that just really captured me, that like hooked me in with the whole Marvel universe. And like after this, you know, I was like, I want to watch every, you know, every one of them as they come out. We watch them three times in the theater, you know, or whatever. And so this was just, I think, no matter what, you know, even as time goes on, you're like, oh, that kind of breaks down or whatever. I'm like, I don't care. This is still my favorite one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like my my first one. So.
0: That's awesome. Well, there is a lot to love here. Uh, I have a lot of questions about it, but there's still a lot to love. And, <laughs> and you know, when you get uh, Chris Evans playing a character like Steve Rogers, it just feels hand to glove. It just feels so natural, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
2: So, oh, one question. One question that I had in my notes uh, is: Steve Rogers right-handed or left-handed? Oh, oh
1: that's. I'm trying to that's think. a great question. If I think we, he's I right-handed, but the, he is right-handed.
2: Yeah.
0: We see him when we see him sketching. Um, I guess I'm trying to remember, um, which hand we see him sketching with, but
1: I can actually tell you right now, I actually have the opening sequence of the winter soldier open and he is writing in his little list, uh, in his conversation with Sam and he's writing with his right hand. Okay. Okay.
2: I just, uh, the way he parts his hair, not that right handers can't part to the left. I just, it it just crossing over, (laughs) you know, that's, that's can be awkward. (laughs) <laughs> um, but maybe his dad was left-handed, so he learned from his dad. Or, I don't know.
3: You're you're
1: right. That's very strange. I have never thought about that.
0: That's very it's, Those little details. Well, and that's funny because those are the sorts of details that often on set, they happen because the director is just like, you know, your, your arm is blocking your face when you do it that way. Can you use your other arm? And they have them switch. And for the actor, it's just like, well, I don't use that hand to do something like that. But they will do those sorts of switches often. And so it's entirely possible the only reason is for that
1: could it also be that th- that the hair and makeup person is left-handed and <laughs> did it backwards
0: yeah who knows <laughs>
1: maybe stand behind him
0: Yes, who knows, yeah, who knows? Right. Uh, well i do have confirmation i jumped back and minute 52 you do see him sketching with his right hand as well so
2: right.
0: oh i guess i guess I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this but like
2: uh chris evans like i i kind of feel like i've seen Interviews and stuff like that. Like he may not have had this much hair before these movies. So, like, is there anything there with like uh, hair plugs or hair growth or
1: something that he's done to maintain that? We have Um, not talked about any artificial hair uh, adornment. Interesting.
0: I'm not sure. I I feel like
2: I don't know. I felt like he was like thinning a little bit, and then now he's very lush. Steve Rogers' hair. I know. so lush. Pete oh, and Andy
3: so are like lush. trying to wrap up the podcast. And I know, you just keep boy, I like dredging you. up like controversies and things have to be so, like, <laughs> in the documentary. <laughs> the later on. of Chris Evans, Evans is a bald lefty.
2: <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> trying to touch his chest and I'm just trying to touch his hair. Right. <laughs> you just want to grab it and pull. I knew it. it was oh, that, all was along. The, that was a note that I did put on here was like when she walked in, it was probably good that he didn't like do the same thing of like, you know, put his hand out like, oh no, no, nope, nope.
3: Yeah,
1: that would have been
2: bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's all my notes. Uh, you're done. Yeah. the yeah.
1: documentary is, has
0: a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to be
2: able to do
1: that.
0: There's, I, I, feel like if this was made in the 80s, that would have, that would have been a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, totally. I feel like now you just get, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't even no. have that moment. <laughs> all right. Well. <laughs> Let's wrap this up before something else comes up. What a, what a week. Lots of uh, fun conversations with you two. Thank you again so much for joining us. Remind everybody again where they can tune in one last time to your shows. All right. You get both of them together. ThePrincessBrideMinute.com. Uh, also, I did that one
2: with uh, Steve Lasto, And uh, that, was, that was a fun one because him and I were complete strangers. And the magic of the Internet brought us together. And we did an entire podcast. And, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. And then, uh, UHF 62nd did that with, uh, my good long friend, and we didn't, we didn't last. So I don't know. I mean, there's no, <laughs> no bad blood between us, but I, I don't know. Maybe something. <laughs> I both. was
1: going to say you put the way you put that, it's the like, friendship <laughs> podcast. Yeah, and, we, uh, didn't uh, laugh. we, we still to
2: talk to each out. other, and we're just don't like, ever do you know. it with your real friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's been, it was <laughs> been super fun. Uh, but I think that that's what, I don't know when it's super fun and then it becomes not fun that it really shows that how much, how much work it is some of these things.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I just like to guest. So I'd like to promo moviesbyminutes.com and where you can listen to so many of these movies by minutes episodes. And if you go and you just listen to like all hundred plus, uh, movies, you might hear me out there on, <laughs> on, uh, some of those podcast episodes guesting.
0: Fantastic. Any number of them. Any number yeah. of them. What, what are a, a couple that people?
3: you've been on? Oh, uh, we've been on Minute Impossible many times.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, we were recently on the uh, Sandlot. Um, I forget what exactly they're calling it, but the Sandlot Minute. Um, we've been on Rocky Minute. Um, Groundhog Day. Groundhog. Yeah, Groundhog Day. Um, uh, there's been a lot those well, are
0: the ones on the top of my mind <laughs> plenty to check out so listen to those yeah. check out that website you can see a whole bunch of them and check out their websites everybody and remember we have one too marvel movie minute you can learn more about our show and uh you can you know find our uh, socials there and uh jump into our discord community you can uh, even become a member where you can get all your episodes early and ad free so check that out and uh we'll be back next week so pete thanks as always to tour is cancelled Until next time, True Believers
1: Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM Engineering by Andy Nelson This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.